What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Done. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Great entity. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Gannon looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Goes toward the end. Battle of Intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan, and you're mixing it up. Hey, everybody. But I'm still going to say, and we are the Salty Dogs. We are, yes. And we are going to have three parts to this show today. We're going to catch up on everything Buccaneer Ooh. in the first set. Then we're going to get Christian Izian in here. Wow. He, who already has an interception on his NFL resume after one game. If you don't know who he is, you're going to find yes. out. And it was a pretty... Uh, Bizarre interception as it was. Pretty impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, and then in the third segment, we're going to answer fans' questions. We get, we've been getting a good number of them in recent yep. weeks, but to keep that up, here's where you send in questions. Very good. Email to saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. You're a Bucks fan, so you probably know how to spell Buccaneers, so I'm not right. going to do that like I usually do. But remember the .nfl between the Buccaneers and the Throw, Throws you off every time. And not only can you ask questions, you can make comments, you criticisms. You can make fun of us. You can call us out. Like, I made an error last week. Which, and you I, know, that's not uncommon. Well, that's true. But you caught it. So that was a tweet. <laughs> All right. What, which one was that? That was the Just one where I said seven wins, I thought. Oh, oh yeah, every, yeah. Every yeah. division. I blew that one right. You thought we were the yeah. only division where every team had it at least It sounded wins. so good, too, didn't it? <laughs> there was, like, f- three others. Yeah. And those teams... Those divisions had teams with winning records in them, too, which yeah. we did not. Who knew? Well, that's true. That's true. Maybe I should have said we were the only division that didn't have winning records. All right, settle in. I am. Because we have a lot to get through. Uh, but before we dive into any of these topics, I just want to do this at the top, and I, I want to try right. to remember this. What is the favorite thing you saw or did or heard or witnessed during the Be- weekend in Minnesota? Besides winning? Just winning is your favorite thing. Something, some smaller detail. Thing. I really love the guitar player that opened up yeah? the uh, the um, pregame. Okay, okay. I was close to saying the Charleston shoes in the press box. Oh, the candy think, cigarettes were so awesome. If you did, they were they were having what they call a classic game uh-huh. in U.S. Bank Stadium because they were celebrating uh, the t- their great teams of the '70s, though they didn't win any Super Bowls. Uh-huh. But. Um, and Bud and Bud Grant, Bud Grant. Um, uh, posthumously, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so they did a lot of little '70s type touches, and they had a whole table of like throwback candy, which I can't even believe they make candy cigarettes anymore. They and they had blackjack gum, gum which tastes I, like licorice. I know. I, I you should see my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They had those little wax bottles. I was laughing. I never even tried yeah. those as a kid. And they had mellows, the chocolate yeah. things. Those were good. The Charleston shoes are legitimately good. And they also had uh, the licorice. Was oh, they had the red vines. And yeah. 
It, but what a treat! That was that's a good good observation. I also almost from a game standpoint, I think it was Chris Godwin's catch because I don't think well, what percentage of receivers in the league think make that catch like ten percent. Yeah, if it was a deep out, which is a tough throw for the quarterback, right? So because if you don't know, the fields are fifty three yards and a half yards wide quarterback probably drops back about seven or eight yards and if you triangulate it i didn't so i don't know what the number is but it ends up being a long throw so it says 11 yards in the box score but that throw probably goes like 30 yards in the air and you're trying to put it right on the money so it's not a little surprise it was just a tad bit out of looked like it was going to be a little bit out of chris's reach Mm -hmm. i thought baker did a great job because he took the snap looked straight down the field and then just in an instant, without looking beforehand, he, he switched and threw. Like, he didn't give the defense any clue that he was going to throw that out. And so that helped Chris get open. And he just he just stretched and made that fingertip catch. I was like, th- and got a knee down, too. I'm like, that's amazing. And game, I won the game. That ended game, the game. Game changer. Total game changer. Mine was, mine was in a, a, it's getting a lot of legs, but I liked it in the very beginning, was Baker Mayfield doing the stiff arm. Yeah. And the reason why I like it so much, being um, – He's not the tallest quarterback in the NFL, but I did like I did like his aggressiveness. And then he was also mic'd up. Oh, and, I haven't heard that yet. Oh, you haven't? He said you got to put some weight on. Yeah, <laughs> <Don't think that laughs> it's it's very cool. Okay, that's yeah. my first thing I'm going to do when we're done with this podcast yep. here. Um, but both the things I said take a back seat to my favorite thing, which was. Mm. Levante David getting up and slapping hands with Vita after Vita just oh. steamrolled him. Was that crazy? I was walking off, walking off the field. You know, you had to cross the field to get to where the buses were after the game. I just happened to be walking there at the same time that Levante was, and I asked him, "Have you ever taken friendly fire like that before?" And he like emphatically went, "Never." And he says, "That's the hardest I've ever been hit." It, and he didn't even see it coming. He that's kinda, that's part of the reason. He kind of like picked his head up and <laughs> it was a truck. So, and it was it was a clean open shot. I mean, it wasn't like I deflected off of a player and then came back to the other side. I just wiped you out. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do it on purpose. No, obviously. no, no. But um, that's how aggressive the defense. Was I think playing. it's because Devin White Vito was trying to come in and make the tackle on a scrambling yeah. Kirk Cousins, but Devin got him first and spun him around. And so Vita's uh, heat-seeking missile. Uh, 347-pound heat-seeking missile all of a sudden was aimed directly at Levante. Instead. Yeah, he, he he went into the um, the, the blue tent, the injury oh, I didn't tent. See that yeah, part. he went in there, <laughs> and we had him afterwards in the locker room, and he said that, you know, everything checked out, everything's fine, and then he goes, I just hope it continues for the rest of the week, and we, you know, which is like he got hit so hard that he's like, I don't know if this is going to be he's a like, delayed reaction. I feel like I should be hurt, right? <laughs> but – I, I mean, you talk about an aggressive defense. Wow. I, I uh, the whole very... game plan was aggressive. The whole game. Yeah. The, play, the decision-making was aggressive. But you mean they were swarming. They were swarming. Yeah, yeah. I really liked the way the defense looked in terms of tackling and swarming. Todd Bowles said he wanted a faster defense, and I think yeah. he found it. Yeah. Although a lot of the pieces are still the same. Yeah, but I guess part. I mean, the they couple get, pieces that they added changed plus, it. Plus, they get every year they get more comfortable in the system and don't have to think as much. When mm-hmm. you don't have to think before you react, you're faster, right? And they were able to uh, rotate players out, which was nice. Yeah, they did. They definitely have a deeper rotation, especially outside linebacker. Um, they don't, and at the defensive line too, which was useful since Kalaji Kansi only got in 11 snaps before he aggravated his calf. How about his first one? I mean, talk that, about that. That was awesome. Uh, it's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, right? and you're like, 
Oh, I can't Ta-da! wait. Yeah, I can't wait to watch this. And then, unfortunately. Yeah, he got hurt pretty early yeah. or, or aggravated the injury, I guess, that, which is not a great sign. No, because that's, you know, you get calf injuries. It's you feel good, you go. So that's a plus that, um, you know, he got to get in. We got to see a glimmer of, of his performance. Well, I'll tell you this. The Minnesota Vikings have already lost one more one-score game this year than they did all of last year. Oh, my God. Because they were famously 12-0. I got to tell you this, and this is like I'm bringing back the curtain. Gene kept mentioning it all all game, how they were 11 games. They won 11 games. Finally, in the fourth quarter, he goes, and they've won, you know, 11 games in uh, – and I finally said that in his ear. I went, that was 2022. This is 23. It means nothing. So, so when it was over with, I said the same thing. I said to Gene that, you know, it's the uh, it's now one and they're zero and one in 2023 and in one score. one score games. Yeah, and they're zero and one overall. How about that 57 yard field? Was Ooh, it 50? Okay. Yeah, we're gonna get the special. Oh, teams. am I going no, too no, fast? Go right ahead. No, 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 no. I, I'm. I, okay. These don't have to go in any order. Okay, a. Scott has all this stuff. Me, I just show up. Yeah. So what? I, but but I, my, my mind's going. It's obviously not uh, surprising that you and I would think of some of the same things. Sure. Many of the listeners would too. So let's go to this. Let's talk about the special teams. Yeah. Wow. They look a lot better. Now, there's one spot, and we'll get to your field goal, but there's one spot where the newcomers definitely did add speed. Mm-hmm. And, and I think our special teams, in particular our coverage units, are going to be a lot better this year. They weren't terrible last year, but they're going to be even better because we've got a lot of speed over there yes, now. Yes, very much so. Very so, much and so. that was with Derek Pitts inactive. He was one of our five inactives, mm-hmm. the rookie corner who made the team because of his speed. Coaches said that he was one of the best special teamers in the preseason. So yeah, um, he couldn't just couldn't. You have to make somebody inactive. So um, anyway, yes, go ahead. Talk about the. Well, j- there's, you know, when, as you well know, you're there early and you start watching the warm ups and stuff. And he was kicking 50, 50 plus yarders during warm ups and you're indoors it's almost like perfect conditions. That's true. And so when he was going for it, I I didn't think that was like, oh, this is crazy. He's going to, tr- you know, that's why they, that's why he's here. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, end of the day, it, it's almost like for kickers, if you can't kick 50 yarders, you're not going to hang around very long. I agree. But 57 is a little different than like 51. But according to Scott Smith, it was not the longest Buccaneer kick. Well, it's not even the top. Yeah, three. three, yeah. Top four is tied for fifth. I saw but your... Of course, everybody knows that because they remember Matt Bryant. Right, but still, it's that's, Matt Bryant, that's a long time ago. 2006, but... That's a generation. It was ago. only maybe 2017 or 18 when Chandler Catanzaro, maybe 16, Chandler Catanzaro hit the 59-yarder in overtime to oh, beat that's, the Browns. There you go. Kyle Brenza had a 58-yarder in the very brief time he was with us. All right, then. I stand corrected. Um, and Connor Barth <laughs> had a 58-yarder, and Michael Houston... I'm doing this off the yeah, top of my head. Yeah, sure, I know. Michael Houston had a 57-yarder way back in 93. That was against uh, the Raiders in, in, uh, in the Old Coliseum. In Los Angeles, yes. Yeah. Where we hadn't played for decades until, until we played the Rams a couple of years ago. Yeah. Crazy, right? Um, I forgot to add that stadium to all the stadiums I've been at. You got like a list somewhere? I, in my head. Oh. I think I'm at 59 or 60 stadiums. Nice. Are you, you're counting preseason and anything? Uh, I'm counting wherever you did. Like, like you have the Oklahoma University Stadium. I there. do, and I have the Hall of Fame game. The Tokyo Dome. The Tokyo Dome, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we, we played a game at Clemson. Remember that? Oh, you know what? I didn't add that. I bet you I'm at 61. I forgot to add okay. Clemson. And then you added LSU, right? 
No, I didn't. You're not very good at wow. this. Wow. That's like 62. It's a good thing you write I did it. down. I did it. In, I, you, know what I, you know what I start thinking about that? When I wake up in the middle of the night and I want to fall back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I don't count sheep. I count stadiums. I always try to think of like uh, past sports games I played in. Just ones that went well. Yeah. And just think about them for a while and that usually and that, me to sleep. Just you get a big smile on your face <laughs> and ready to go. But yes, yeah, special teams. Uh, you, okay. Well, you, for, you, first you, of all, you said basically you were kind of saying – you didn't think you thought that was a pretty normal decision to go I for thought a fifty-seven yard field yeah. goal. Now, but but there is risk to it because if he doesn't make it, that's what that's I was half a say. field. No, so coach actually said after the game it was kind of a normal deal for them because he generally makes the fifty-seven yarders in practice, or he didn't say generally. He said he's been making them, and there was no wind. No, and um, so like it wasn't a hard decision for him. It's like, okay, there's no conditions that make this harder. He's making them in practice, so he should make it. And sure enough, he did, but you are correct. It may not have been a tough decision, apparently, but it was a big decision. Mm-hmm. Because even if we know he can do it, he certainly could have missed that. Right, right? And, and then if he doesn't, then you're being second-guessed. Of why are you doing that? Because there's five minutes left in the game, and you've, it's been a field position game for most of the day, mm-hmm. and you're giving the ball near near midfield, right? Yeah. You'd be giving the ball to 47. Yeah. And so, and all it needs a field goal because the game is tied. So you kind of made a win or lose decision right there. Yeah. Well, you also have a lot of faith in your defense. So you said, if he does miss it, I think we can stop him because you have been kind of stifling. And that. the offense had gotten into a bit of a groove. Yeah. So, and we'll talk about that four minute drill at the end here when we're done with special teams. But um, Jake Camarda was awesome. It was really hard to tell how well he was hitting it because we are where we were sitting was way over in the corner of the uh-huh. end zone. And so it's a little hard to tell how far plays are going from that perspective. So I didn't realize that one was 63 yards, one was 60, one was 59. So he ended up with an, an average of 54.5 and an awesome net of 48.2. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's nearly half the field net that you're changing mm-hmm. per punt. Correct. Um and then one of them was even better because there was a, f- a penalty attack on the end. So he punted from the 17, and they got it at the opposite 17. So that's a 66-yard – doesn't count for his net because of the penalty, but that's a 66-yard change in field position. It's pretty gigantic. Man. Huge. So he was great, and I think he's getting better at angling the ball as well. I, I agree. And he's getting hang time. And and as we said at the top, we've got some really fast players on that – Coming down on that coverage team now, and they look great. And getting good tackles. Zion McCollum is amazing. Uh, his name got called a lot. He has a, a special teams. Old yes. He's but amazing. I'm just saying, every special teams. Josh Hayes, the rookie, got one. And Kevin, Kayvon Merriweather, another rookie, got one. Uh, and Cam Gill got one. So there's – I just thought our cover teams were fantastic. Yeah. And, and when you put it all together, you have great special teams in a game you won by three points. Mm-hmm. It's not ridiculous to say the special teams were the winning edge. No. Like, these were pretty evenly matched teams on this day. And the special teams put the Bucks over the top. Now, the Vikings special teams weren't bad either. No. But the Bucks were kind of exceptional. And that's what gives you a victory. Yeah. I like it. What else you got there? Well, what was the one? Oh, the four-minute drill. Oh, yeah. Okay, man. so we were talking about how if they'd missed the kick, then they'd have a very short field it wouldn't be too hard for them to get in position to make a field goal. Mm-hmm. And so if the defense doesn't get a stop and there's some time left, the fact that the Buccaneers were able to pull off a successful four-minute drill suggests that they they could have possibly also 
use that time remaining to get in position to, to, to tie or win the game. Yeah. But if anybody out there doesn't know what I mean, coaches call a four-minute drill. It's when you get the ball back towards the end of the game, you have the lead, mm-hmm. and the whole goal is to get however many first downs you need to burn the clock and the other team's timeouts. Right. And this one happened to be almost exactly four minutes, so it was like three and 3.52. But, I mean, if you got it back with five minutes or three minutes, they would still call that a four-minute four minute. drill. Right. So the Bucks got three first downs. And that was all they needed. I know. And a four-minute drill, I, I would argue that a four-minute drill is harder to be successful at than a two-minute drill. Because in a two-minute drill, you're using all the t- you're all of your Hurry, offense. hurry, hurry. Yeah, yes. and they are not expecting you to run on every single play. So mm-hmm. when you're doing a four-minute drill, you want to run the ball as often as possible so that you don't stop the clock and help them out. But the other team knows that. Uh-huh. So you got eight or nine guys in the box, and it's very hard to run the ball. So either you have to run successfully despite that, or you're going to have to throw the ball here and there. And that's the gutsy part, right? Mm-hmm. No. Because you, if he doesn't complete that ball to Chris Godwin, we've got to either try a really long field goal, go for it on fourth down, or probably what they would do is make a short punt. But, you know, you might end up only getting like 20 yards of net if you kick it into the end zone. Yeah. So a four-minute drill is a hard thing to do. And, and they, they and executed it. They executed great. Yeah. And of course, Baker made the great decision to scramble on that one third down. Crazy, right? Yeah. He's gutsy. He's gutsy. I just, it, it was a slow start. It was sluggish. The first half you're talking about? Well, until the two-minute drill. Yeah. yeah it, it made you wonder what was going on. Or you're like, ooh, wow, this could be a – this might be a long season, you know, because everybody, yeah. you know, it's the first game, so everybody's jumping. It's like, oh, God, we don't uh, have an offense. There you go. And it becomes. But defensively, it kept you in the game because yeah. Minnesota was racking up the stats. I mean, they were yep. moving up and down the field. A little bit. But, you, but yeah. But you knew that um, Jefferson was going to have his yeah. his yardage. Boy, is he good. My He's unbelievable. He's so good at getting open. But no score. He did not score. What do you have, 100, he pretty, 150? He got pretty wow. close. He was clearly mad that he didn't score on that. Like, well, that's because yard. he got he got flipped over. Yeah, but he he thought he was going to score. Yeah. Well, still got yards. I think they to might go. have still scored on that drive though. They did, but he didn't. I, unless that was the one where Christian Izian had the goal line interception. I can't Which was one handed, by the way. So, I, boy, we are just so bad. You and me at having any form to this, we just I know well, that's because fumble from one topic to well, the next. Well, it's just so everyone knows it's later on in the day, and this is the first. Uh, week after a regular season game. So trying to get into the groove of everything, I was just finished up the coach's show. So I'm running behind, Um, you know. No, I think this is pretty much how we do it every time. I know, but it sounds better if if I say we're really busy and we're jammed and, you know, we got to figure this out. So let's talk about Christian. We're going to talk to him. So I'm going to be – I want to get a second-by-second breakdown of how that play went because what it looked like was the ball actually got to – the receiver, K.J. Osborne, got to his hands, but Christian also got there almost the same time, and that disrupted it, so the ball was hanging between them, mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. and then Christian got a hand on it. Yeah. And you're like, because when you're watching that play in the scoreboard, it's bang, bang, you're not watching yeah. a replay. It's like, you think, oh, good, he broke it up, and then all of a sudden he's running in the other direction. You're like, did he? Did he intercept that? If that would have been on the street, he would have been arrested for stealing. <laughs> Larceny. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and he unfo- mugged him. And then he got blindsided, though. Yeah, well, I, I mean, because he didn't see him behind him. Don't there, okay. we have a fan question about that? So oh, I thoughts know, on I, it. So, see, I don't know that. these things. I know that's why okay. I'm here. Go ahead. So that was great. I think he made another really nice play mm-hmm. earlier in the game. 
Christian Isian, if you don't know, although you're going to learn more about him very soon, undrafted rookie out of Rutgers, wins the starting Crazy, right? Out of Rutgers, crazy. (laughs) Wins the starting nickel job. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, we have 13 rookies on the roster this year, and they're a very exciting group. But it is not common for an undrafted rookie to be he, – he didn't technically start the game because we started in base package, but he was the starting nickel. Mm-hmm. To have a starting job in week one for an undrafted rookie is not common. No. At least not for the Buccaneers. No. So you go, how the, how the heck did this happen? He's a safety who didn't get drafted, kind of – I mean, he's not undersized. He's short for mm-hmm. compared to a lot of corners. He he's kind of built a little bit like Antoine Winfield. Oh, good, good analogy. Uh and he's your starting nickel. How, it, this wasn't an accident is what I'm getting at because he played safety for three seasons at Rutgers, but last season he played nickel corner. He played slot corner. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks saw him, and Todd Bowles said he – obviously Todd Bowles had a son playing there. Yeah, in Rutgers, yes. So he was there quite a bit. To see his son. But he said he just kept noticing this guy making plays. Great story, yeah. And so when they called him up to try to get him to come here – after the draft, because at that point they can choose to go with, you know, if they have multiple offers. he They did it with the idea of playing him in nickel. Yes, he's called a safety. And I think I said this in a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. We need a new name right. for the slot corner job because the word corner should not be in there because you can use a safety. You can use a – it should be slot master or something. <laughs> <laughs> slot master. Slot, slotman. We'll work on Slot that. guy. Yeah. Um, I think I had a – I can't came you up had with one last name? time, but I can't think of what it was. No. Anyway – so it's not an accident. And listen, it's one game. So let's not act like we, you know, we found the next Rondé Barber yet. But um, it's a good start. It's, it, it was a, it's a it good was very building. Encouraging. It's a very good building block. You, you could think, hey, maybe this guy, might, his, head, his head might be spinning a little bit. He's playing an important role. Mm-hmm. Maybe he struggles out the gate, but he, he really didn't. No. And that, he, he's very football smart. That was another thing Todd was talking about. Just understands the game. His nickname is Crafty. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get and let's, reasons why. Let's let's wait until we're talking to Christian. All right. What you got? Anything here? Um, I just think that I, th- you know, I was on the bus and we were going to the airport, and I I was like, wow, you know, it wasn't the best Buccaneer game I've seen. It, you know, they didn't play their best ball, but they but it they won, and it made me go. My takeaway was they didn't have to play their best ball to win. Hmm. They just needed to stick together. And they didn't beat themselves. What grade would you give the defense? An A. What grade would you give the special teams? A plus. What grade would you give the offense? C. Okay, so two of the three mm-hmm. were great. And then mm-hmm. the offense did what they needed to do. Got in a little bit of a groove. Uh-huh. Still only ended up with 242 yards. But you know what they didn't do? Say Turn the me. ball over. Turn the ball over. And, and well, that was the other thing, too, was a little disappointing. You have three turnovers, and you only have three, three points. points. yeah. Usually that gives you – that gets you in trouble. Yeah. You know, your opportunities are there, and you're not taking – Okay, them. but think about this. One of them was basically at the goal line. Yeah. And one of them was inside the 20, so – or right around there. Mm-hmm. So especially for the inside the goal line, yeah, we didn't score any points off that, but we probably prevented at least three. If not seven, so it's almost like a net gain. Okay, right. So yeah, so yeah. All right, I'll go with I'll go with you on that. Okay, so the Buccaneers have had a turnover differ- differential of plus three or better. Thirty. Let me see. I got it written down. Thirty-one times. Thirty-three times over the last ten years. 
33 games in which the Bucks have had a plus three or better turnover uh-huh. differential. 33 times. How many of those games did they win? 33. Close. 31. Oh, rats. You get a plus three turnover differential, and You're I think particularly win. if yeah. it's 3-0. Like, 5-2 would be cool, but 3-0-0. You didn't yeah. turn the ball. You're going to win. You're going to win. Right? And they did. So that, that, I think that's, that was, that was uh, the big key to me is, you know, I think last year we got caught a little bit in some, uh, you know, penalties, unopportune times. So it was nice that, you know, the first preseason game, there were a lot of penalties. And the True. second preseason game, there wasn't as many. Third, even better. So now the regular season game comes out. I, I mean, how many penalties? Three for 19 yards. Yeah. And what were they? One was uh, they were none of, the, none of them were on offense. One of them was pass interference, and the other two were on special teams. Okay. Christian Izian drew one that I did not. Th- I didn't, I didn't agree think with was that. right. You're right on that pass interference. Pass touch that gave him a new. He he no that was. I, I guess when I saw it in slow motion, he's kind of got an arm hooked. But the so ball we, was uncatchable. Well, that's kind of like the the penalty at the end of the last Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ball is uncatchable, but you don't know what would have happened if you if you didn't hold him up. Mm-hmm. But still, people are still arguing about that one. Um, in any case, I, got, I lost my train of thought. Three three penalties. Now yeah. there there may have been a one. Or, there was a holding call thrown, and they, but and they declined. Maybe two of them, but they were they were on third down, so they declined them. So, um, but still, that's good. Yeah, there were no false starts. No, in that environment. Yeah, and don't talk about. Well, you can talk a little bit about the noise, but we have a question on that too. Okay. All I all I could say is TJ had a funny line. He called it a four Advil game. Two before the game started and two after the game, which is very loud. But it was but, extremely loud. Yeah. You can talk about it if you want. But well, I'm just saying it was it was impressive that there weren't any false starts. That's all I'll say, and then yeah. we'll talk about it more when we get to questions. That's called that's called setting the teasing. Table. Yes, teasing. Make, stick around to the end. Yeah. Or, Foreshadowing, or you can just fast forward and <laughs> save yourself a lot of time. But you'd miss so much pithy discussion. Well, this is true. This is true. So what were you talking about? We were talking about no penalties. Uh, we were talking about uh, well, having turnovers, a plus three, 31 games. They've won out yeah. of 33. So 33-0 in turnovers and only three penalties. That helps. And then the the very good punting and very good coverage makes a huge difference in a game like that that's for a while both offenses were struggling. Mm-hmm. It's a low-scoring game. It's very close. So field position makes a big, big difference. Yeah. And the Bucks did a fantastic job on field position in that game. The Vikings' average drive start in that game was their own 22. That's awesome. And given the fact that touchbacks on kickoffs are now the 25-yard line, that's really good. And they did not start a single drive on our side of the field. Yeah, I really just wanted to go by uh, Kirk Cousins and go, how do you like that? (laughs) But I didn't. (laughs) I got to believe he's heard that before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But It is annoying. Huh? It is annoying. Yeah. The whole you like that. Thing. Uh, I mean, we're probably a little salty because it was little, us. little, but still. Um, what else you got there? Well, I, I this is just a little note, but sure. this is the third week, third year in a row we've won in week one. Yes, how about that? Good start. Todd Bowles is two and zero on uh, opening day with the Bucks. With the Bucks. This, well, that's all that man. I don't care what he was anywhere that else because he's with us now. <laughs> that ties for the longest streak in team history. The seventy nine to eighty one. They also did it. Mm. It made the playoffs in 79 and 81, by they the way. They did. 79 was from worst to first, just so you know. So was 2005 and 2007. Yeah. Maybe we should stop that and just be first all the time. First, Well, we <laughs> did win the Division we Two did. in a row. We're going to go three 
Super Bowl, three divisions, another Super Bowl, and that would be awesome because it's in Las Vegas, and that's the one stadium I haven't been. And if we go yeah. there, I check it off the list, and we're done. I right. got them all because that was the COVID year. Yes, and we didn't go. And we didn't go. Yeah. That was a bummer. It, it frustrates me to no end. That's why we have to get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> when will How's we, that? Yeah, because we maybe won't be I should back have there. A, maybe I should talk to the team. I so that was two thousand twenty. Twenty twenty. So we won't be back there until twenty twenty eight. Yeah. I'm not guaranteeing I'm still on the yeah, team at that point. Uh, I mean, I kind of hope so, I, yeah. but you never know. Ooh, wow. Don't, you know, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> Keep going. Okay, so I dropped this little trivia nugget or yeah. quiz on you guys at the, at the lunch table today. Oh, Actually, I wasn't there today. Yeah, you were. Well, then it was yesterday. It was yesterday's. Go ahead. It started in the hallway. Yeah, it was yesterday because it was around the time of Todd's press conference. I started it with... Um, uh, just with Michael Panic, and I didn't really want you to hear it because I wanted to drop it on yeah. you here, but unfortunately it came back up at the lunch table. So Baker Mayfield, he just won his debut. Yeah. He won his debut as a Bucks starting quarterback, and as you now know because I revealed it, he's the 10th guy, which some people think is a lot of high. He's the 10th, a little high. He's the 10th Buck in your quarterback to win his very first start with the team. Out of 40, what, what is this, a 40, what year? 48. 48. Well, well, I mean, how many there's not 40 starting quarterbacks, or maybe right. there are. I don't know. Because some seasons had one and some seasons had yeah. three. Um, now, do you say starting quarterback as their first NFL start? No. Or opening day starting quarterback? Well, that's what I'm getting at. Okay. Not the first thing you said, not their first start, start ever. Cause okay. so, so, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. He It was late in the in his first season with the team. He got one start or mm-hmm. a couple starts, and he won his first one. So he's on the list. But there are only – Baker's now only the second guy – to the uh, second Buccaneer quarterback to win his debut in week one. Because ah. I'll read this list. Most of them were not week one starters. They came in for various reasons later in the year. Mm-hmm. And the first one, do you remember the answer to the first one? Oh, you, were, who, you were there at the table. You mean? The other guy. Brad Johnson? Brad Johnson in 2001. I didn't want to blow if you had some another okay. thing Yeah, you 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 got to remember that Brad Johnson didn't arrive in the Super Bowl year. He arrived one year before yeah. that. And so he was the starter in 2001. He won his first game. It was a scintillating 10-6 outing. At, you probably remember that yeah. at Dallas. Yeah. They started Quincy-something. Yeah, he, his career didn't last very long. They're a quarterback. Quincy-something. Quincy Jones? Oh, no. He's a, he's a musician. It was not Quincy Adams. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Um, there's a Quincy Adams, right? There is. Who is there's it? also a John Adams, too. <laughs> and there's a Quincy Black played for the Bucks. Oh, yeah, Quincy Black. Good one. Yeah, nice well, guy. That's yep. a good call right there. Yep. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, so yep. the 10, just in case anybody's out there going, well, I, tell us who the 10 are. For the people who are listening right now, for the first uh, 29 minutes, Scott has been standing up, pacing the whole time, talking to me I've been me sitting and down all you. day. And now he finally sat down. So it's, I don't know. When he sits down, I don't know if he's got something up his sleeve. <laughs> so Tuesdays are the players' days off. Uh-huh. And so Today. the other days, you're in and out of your office because there's practices, yep. there's open locker rooms, yep. there's press conferences. But on Tuesdays, I pretty much sit in my office the whole day and just write. I, you know, that's right. So I've been sitting yeah. all day. Yeah, I, Let me stand. I you know? do understand that. Don't try to keep the man down. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, or up. Or upright in that case. Uh, so in case anybody's out there like, I want to know who the 10 are, it's obviously Baker uh, in, in reverse chronological order. Ryan Fitzpatrick in December 2017. Josh Freeman. and uh, That was against the Packers. Yeah, 38-28, I think. That was a big upset because we were 0-7 at the time. But it was not week one. Luke, not Josh, Luke McCown. 
against New Orleans in 2007. Wow. Uh, this is the most random one on the list, Tim Rattay. Oh, I remember him. We had a bunch Came of men from San Francisco. Yeah, we had a bunch of quarterback injuries in mm-hmm. in 06, and Gradkowski started most of that year. But Tim Rattay got a couple starts at the end, and he beat Cleveland. Uh, Chris Sims, actually. Ah. Although that one's misleading because his first start was in October against the Saints in 2004, and he got hurt really early in that game. Oh, okay. So he started that game, we won it, but he didn't play much. Ah. Rob Johnson, you remember the 12-9 game? I do. In Carolina in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl season? Rob Johnson. Uh, we won that game 12-9, although it was basically Martin Gramatica. Uh-huh. And then uh, Brad Johnson in 01 against Dallas. Sean King late in 99. Remember, remember he had that, that yep. nice run? Remember that. But it wasn't opening day. And then... Way Hall back. of Famer. Way back. The very first one. The very first Buccaneer quarterback to win his first start for the team is in the Hall of Fame. You want to tell you who it is? You, I mean, there's there's only one choice, right? Well, acquiring minds want to know. You, go I, ahead. Steve Young. Yeah, of course, Steve Young. Against Detroit in overtime. Yeah. I always say, though, if Steve Young would have stayed with the Bucks, his career would have been over in He's year probably three. Probably, given the way the team was th- then. And the way he would run all the time. Yeah, remember the snow game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Hmm. I don't really remember it. I wasn't a Bucks fan at the time, but uh, I, I know that it happened at this point. It did. Uh, okay. Uh, you kind of already covered this. I'm just going through my notes. Sure. Baker being gritty, a key yeah. scramble. But he just, he was gritty, right? Yeah, he was. Grit. I think we've got a quarterback with grit. Mm. I think that's safe to say. Moxie. Moxie, too? Yeah. I think you can be, you can be gritty without having moxie, mm-hmm. but he's kind of got them both is what we're saying. He's actually a very funny man. I know. That, those commercials yeah. didn't come out of nowhere. No, but he's, got, he's funny. But in his straight, uh, yeah. without acting or anything else, in in conversation, he's very funny. I I don't mean to make this a show where I just read notes, mm-hmm. but I have another one here that I think is cool. Well, this is good. What do you got? Um, Trey Palmer mm-hmm. scored a touchdown. He right? did. He's the first Buccaneer to score a touchdown in his very first game since 2010. I think it was Mike Williams. Wow. Which is not a happy topic Which, right now. Right, because he did pass he away. He did pass away. Yeah. That's very sad. Mm-hmm. A very, un, just a terrible situation. 36 years old. Oh, accident, accident at work, right? Yeah. That's Construction awful. job. That's just awful. Wow. Uh, and then Christian Izian is the first Buccaneer with an interception in his very first game in the NFL since 2010. Uh-huh. I can't remember who the other one is, though, who the last one was. E.J. Biggers, I think it might have been. Oh, wow. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. He was a he was a nice guy. He too. was very nice. I sometimes feel like the whole point is if this uh, podcast is just randomly remember a, an old Buccaneer and then say he was a nice guy. Well, but well, we don't say that to everybody though. We don't. <laughs> so you the ones we, we don't the ones we don't like we don't bring up. <laughs> if we bring up a, a former player and don't say he was a nice guy, then you mm. know, <laughs> wink, wink. That Rondé Barber. Yeah. God. Oh, he's he's bad. What a, what a lout. Whoa. All right. No, that was obviously sarcasm. Yes, very much so. <clears throat> you I keep, already got that one. You got, got that, that one. That. Oh, you know what I thought was cool? What? So the the not really the final drive because we had one play after the Izzy interception, but uh-huh. basically our final drive of the first half, which was the first good drive, was a two minute drill, and it was a really good two minute drill. It was, and it was exactly what we needed at that point because there's times running out, and we needed to score. So that you could go into halftime 10-10 feeling pretty good about yourself. Very much so. And you get the ball first to start the second half. Huge. So I thought, okay, that drive took a minute and 30 and was exactly what we needed at the time. Mm -hmm. Go into the second half, get the ball first. Nine-minute drive. 
Believable. Nine-minute drive. Two possessions the whole game I was going to talk about both that. teams. One possession for each team took the entire third quarter. Yeah. And, and it actually went into the fourth quarter. Yeah. I, have you, do you remember a time when an entire third quarter was taken up by two possessions? Nope. And I will tell you, commercial breaks were backed up. <laughs> <laughs> you, That's it, good. It was, how are we going to get these in? That's why the fourth quarter took a little bit longer, <laughs> sports fans. I mean, there was only, there was like one break. How did they have, how'd that go on radio? You took one break. I mean, doing nine minutes straight. It was awesome. I mean, it, no, I mean, how'd you get your ads in? At uh, the same time, TV does. I follow TV, yeah, okay. so so it became, you know, okay. You had a lot of them in the fourth hey. quarter. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got to get those ads yeah. in, man. This pays the bills. Uh, so yeah, so you go nine minutes. Actually, helped out just a bit by the fact that we kicked the field goal, but they were offside, so we yep. got a new set of downs, and then managed yep. to get it in the end zone. Um, that I said the the two minute drill, a minute and thirty is how long it took was exactly what we needed. Mm-hmm. That nine minute drill to start the second half was exactly what we needed. There yeah. were two very different types of drives, but it was really what the Bucks needed. At that it point. was it was. There is no way I expected a nine minute drive. Not I mean I thought okay let's get a few first downs let's try to score real quick, right do something, but the way they just marched down the field for nine minutes, that. After halftime. So I don't know. It's like all of a sudden, you know, you hear halftime adjustments, but I don't know how much you can really adjust. Well, Todd did say that they did. did. Yeah. So the way they don't give us details because we'd be sitting there forever and we wouldn't understand half of it. But they were reacting to our scheme in a way that we had had not anticipated. And Mm -hmm. so that's a big reason why the offense struggled for the first like five drives. They were they were. We had to react to what they were doing that where they had very successfully countered what we thought was going to work. And I would say the thing that I could see visually that would be a part of that is they really were not fooled at all by our play action rollouts. When the quarterback, the action's going one way on like a a zone run, quarterback fakes the handoff and then turns with his back to the defense and goes the other direction. How many times that came? Four, five, where Baker turned around and there was a defender right in his. It face. was almost like let's not call that anymore. He's still well. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to make that play work. Yeah. That's a big part of this offense. Yeah. Okay? If you can establish the run, especially the zone runs, which gets all the motion going in one way, and every now and then you fake it, you're hoping to get a lot of open. Yeah. But the guys were open, but there was one defender who was in Baker's face. He completed a couple of passes, but most of them. Couldn't just he, just no time. He was just lucky not to get Lose sacked or or, yeah. or throw the ball into a bad spot. Yeah. So, uh, I mean that to me that I don't know all the things that they were doing that had caught us off guard and were making the offense not work, uh, but that certainly looked like one of them. Mm-hmm. And then Todd specifically said that he thought Dave Canales made a did a really good job of making adjustments at halftime. And I think you were alluding to the fact that that's sometimes a very overused it is phrase, right? But you saw results. Well, sometimes they don't really make a lot of adjustments, or sometimes they make adjustments that don't work. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's very often where it happened like this, where they literally did make some adjustments on the offense and what they were trying to do at halftime, and it actually did help, and you saw the results. Yeah. So that's good. No, that's you want that. That's what it's about. So we uh, we saw 
we saw the Bucks run for 73 yards, which is actually a little worse than our average per game last year when we ranked last in the league. Right. And we saw them only average 2.2 yards per carry. So you're like, mm. oh, man, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. But they stuck with it because they intended to. They ended up carrying the ball, running the ball 33 times. Now, that, to be fair, that does include three kneel downs at the right. end, uh, which also lost three yards. Um, but – there were 11 runs, I believe I counted, that ga- gathered either four to six yards. We did not have a single carry more than six yards. Right. Although one five-yard run by Rashad there on the last drive ended up being a 20-yard gain for the team because they had a face mask penalty on it. But we did not have a run over six yards. And if you're going to have a good rushing average, you're going to need a couple explosive plays because uh-huh. you're always going to have a couple plays that don't work at all. Sure. And you're always going to have some kneel downs. You're always going to have – a two-yard or a one-yard run that's technically a success because it came on third or fourth and one, and, and you you're happy it. with that, yes. right? You're happy with it, but that now brings your average have, down. We did have that. We did have so. that. Went for it on fourth down. Yeah. On our side of the field. Correct. That's what I meant when I said we were aggressive. And it was – and it was, uh, um, and Todd challenged the spot and lost. Lost, yeah. But, but they were going to go for it. I, I don't know. I thought it, I thought we had it. I really did. I don't. But it's hard because – and you can't necessarily go by the TV line because that's computer generated. That's not a – that's that's a not a real line. Yeah. It but, is, but it isn't. Does that make sense? I don't know. Sense? It seems like you can look at the – you can look at the – Marker? The yardage yeah. lines that are really on the field and then – Figure Look where the out. marker is. Yeah. And go, well, the ball's on that, and yeah. the, the marker's not to the line, so isn't that a first down? But but that's the human element of football because they get, where did, where did the ball go? Oh yeah, it's right here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly right. right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on every play. It's kind of, yeah. yeah. Oh, the ref just picks yeah. up and goes. I think it was right, right here. there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. If I were a coach, I would be very judicious with the amount of times that I. Uh, challenge spots yeah. because I feel like you win those about 5% of the time because mm-hmm. they generally feel like it's, it's not conclusive enough for them. So they're not going to overturn it. Yeah. But I liked it. I liked that he did it at that point in the game. It gave them time to think about what they wanted to do because they were going to no, go that's for true it too. At that point in the game too. I mean, what are you saving them for? Right. Right. It was so sure it was on the final game winning drive. Right. Exactly. So it was actually a great call. Yeah. I didn't mind it at that point, even though I thought we were not going to win it. Um, so that, the 57-yard field goal without any hesitation, apparently, the throw to Godwin on third and 10 when you could have mm-hmm. just run it right. to try to run out a little more of the time because they're out of timeouts at that point, so you probably are giving the ball back with a minute to go. Sure. But you throw. Mm-hmm. And if that's not complete, you just gave them a whole extra minute. Right? Yeah, no. So, gutsy. Or Very. if you don't think it's gutsy, then at least it's aggressive. You were certainly not playing not to lose. They went up there with the intention of, of making aggressive decisions mm-hmm. because of the situation. And they did. And, and it, it's the reason why we won. You know, what we haven't brought up is Tristan. Yeah, true. But it's probably good. Yeah, because we didn't have to say oh, holding. Yeah, there right. wasn't a false start. Right. Held his own. He played left tackle for the first time in the NFL. Yeah. And another guy we didn't bring up is Mike. Mike Evans got oh, himself yeah. a touchdown. Now, his 82nd touchdown catch, mm-hmm. his 83rd touchdown overall, because he he also has a fumble recovery touchdown. He could have had a uh, an explosive game. Yeah, that first deep shot to yeah. him. That was a, that would have been a tough catch. It would have been. I think he did not get because he was kind of. I think he got t- tangling up yeah, with the defender. He did. He did. I don't think that he really ever found the ball because it actually kind of was fell around where his hands were, but I don't think he had seen it. And I'm right. not blaming. No, him no, 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 no. It was. 
But it wasn't a bad throw. That could have been. That was one of the. They took a shot, and it. He it, also had the slant where he couldn't hold on to it, which probably would have been tough. I think Dave Moore said it best. That was too easy for him. <laughs> Because well, he, he might have been thinking about getting turning, and getting yeah. It into the because he doesn't, you know, he makes oh yeah ungodly catches. Yeah, so that one was just too easy. Yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, that that was just too easy to catch, you know. <laughs> and he may not have, you know, it may have come out faster at him than he thought. Yeah, so. we don't know. No, but I've seen that that um, you know you you, you kind of look at it and but I was just looking at his numbers because I was thinking, wow, I wonder if if he could get a hundred yards, that would be great. You know, would he have sixty nine something? Sixty six. Like okay, but. I believe I, I I do the math in my head, but six. He we want him to get a thousand, right? Yeah, pretty sure if he gets sixty six a game by seventeen, all <laughs> right there. there. I, I coughed once, Jeff. Well, it's not the end of the world. Well, I'm just checking. I'm being he's on kind. A, and he's on a pace for one one two two. Oh, all right, that's pretty good. <laughs> so a sixty six yard game is good. Sure. It you know he was only targeted one time until that two minute drill, and that was on that deep ball, which right. is a low percentage throw, mm-hmm. and. The, the offense wasn't getting to him, and, you know, it's no coincidence that the offense started to get into groove when a lot of the passing games started to go through him. Mm-hmm. So he ended up with 10 targets, the six catches, a lot more going on in the second half, right, and uh, some some big plays. I think it's a, it's a nice building block for the team for the beginning of the year. It's, you know, it, 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 it's one game out of 17, and if you win in the beginning, they count just as much as if you win in the end. But, you you know, it just – for whatever reason, it just feels so much better in the first week if you can win your opener. You think we'll be favored this week? I We are. Oh, uh, I believe we're two and a half points favorites. We oh. weren't in the beginning, but we are now. Two and a half now. Yeah. I don't know a lot about gambling, but isn't the home team generally get like a three-point Yeah, point? usually, but no so one. So if you're favored by yeah. two and a half, then they still think but, Chicago's But the national out. media is not going to concede that they had had the Buccaneers wrong. Well, it's we not don't. Happen. It's one game. Let's not I, get that's, what I'm sa- that's why I'm saying they're not going to concede that. that year they still the, believe that. What year was it when we – I think it was under – we've been doing this for a while, haven't we? Because I think this was under Dirk. Mm-hmm. When we started out 2-0, and oh, yeah. I think we had a – we think we had that 48-40 game against – uh, the Saints Scott. and Scott. No, what I'm going to say is, we started out two and zero, and we were on this podcast. Uh-huh. It was in the early days of this podcast. Yeah, and I said something like, because we were getting excited about the season. Yeah, and I said something like, it's not like we're talking about we're we're not talking about when we go into the Super Bowl. Yeah, at this right. Point. I took so much crap for that from friends yeah. who heard that people like, yeah. oh, talking Super Bowl after. I'm, I said it's not. not. Yeah. yeah, but so you can't even say you. No, 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 no. Don't I, make any. Scott, I am living week by week, but I will say I've lived through five dash two. I, you know, I've seen uh, great starts and horrible finishes. I've seen horrible starts and great finishes. So it's one week, but you know what? I'm happy this week. So give it to me. I'm not you saying know, don't not be you. happy about I'm it. I'm talking about. I'm just saying, don't yeah. make any. Don't start talking like. Oh no! The do, national do, media doesn't give us any respect, but which is no. Strange. I didn't say. I, what I'm saying is the way it works is they're looking at it. It's one game. They're yeah, saying Chicago sucked in the week one. For whatever reason, it's it's only two and a, I think it was two and a half. I mean, I could look it up. They're, I they're think the home. other day. I think it opened at two and a half. We the last time we faced Justin Fields, we beat him thirty-eight to three. Yeah, he was a rookie. Okay, I know. He was I a know. Rookie. He was like six games into his career. Well, still. they're they're supposed to be the hot team this year. Everybody was really. No, the Lions are them, and also the Bears were supposed to be much. The improved. Lions game, by the way, crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was crazy. And I okay, so we talked about this. I think I want Detroit. To, I, I, they're a fun team. Mm-hmm. I think their fans deserve some happiness. I want Detroit to be good. 
I think Detroit is going to be good. I also, and I think I said this before, I also could easily see how it could go wrong, and they won't be as good as everybody thinks because they're the favorites to win that division. Mm -hmm. Jared Goff was great last year, but he was not great before that. So is no. it is it unreasonable to think he could regress? Uh, their yeah. defense was very bad last year. They made some additions, but that doesn't always work in free agency. No. So what if the defense isn't a lot? Now they look pretty good against Kansas City, although Kansas City doesn't have anybody who can catch the ball. <laughs> I think this game said more about the Chiefs. Yeah. Last year, mm -hmm. the Chiefs traded away Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. And you're like, how are they going to replace Tyreek Hill? By every did. number you can imagine, the ones you and I know, the deeper ones that the, that the stat geeks like to throw around, which I do like, by the way, but mm -hmm. I'm not saying anything bad. By every measure, the Chiefs' offense was better last year than it was the year before with mm -hmm. Tyreek Hill. Okay. They were number one in the league in, in everything that matters. Okay. This year, and so it's almost like they're like, we don't need receivers. We don't need good receivers. Patrick Mahomes will make it work. He'll throw the ball. But so. you take you take Travis Kelsey out of the equation because he was hurt, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, they don't have anybody who can catch the ball. No, that it, that was a struggle. But Justin Watson might have been their most reliable. Yeah, receiver. a former Buccaneer. Uh, it's like I said to you, it's it's like I said to you. Well, you know, uh, there have been comments that well, so and so didn't do that. We're right now. It's minus three. Okay. So okay. we did, did we did get the three. So it's, they basically consider us a, and the Bears pretty yeah pretty even. Yep. Yeah, and we can say that because this is off of the NFL site. So it's oh, not, we can yeah. talk about betting. Yeah. We just can't do it. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't even. Yeah, but it's it's like week two, so no one's really well. See, San Francisco is eight plus eight. Who's Buffalo playing? Um. Well, what's weird is the Jets and the Cowboys. That's only an eight and a half point game. It's it sure. I'm sure it was much closer before Aaron Rodgers got hurt, which is crazy, right? Four plays. Uh, who did you ask? I'm sorry. Buffalo. Buffalo. Let me see. They're at home. Minnesota. No. Minnesota's at Philly. Mm, I don't see it. Well, I know they're playing. Well, I know that's what. That's why I'm kind of I'm, I'm puzzled by this. Continue. I'm listening to you. Uh, I was waiting for you to answer the question. Oh, who are who is? Who's, who's I guess I, I guess I could instead of looking at odds, I could look at um, just straight schedule. Oh, you're trying to find it that way. Yeah, I was looking at it that. I guess way. I do have a laptop right in front of me. You do, but you'd rather make me work at it. Well, I'm talking. You're working. Well, no, this is true. It's kind of how it works. Division of labor. I don't know if they're. But I don't. I'm, I don't. I don't see them. All right. I can find this in two seconds. Yeah, make it happen. Well, I'm working off my phone, and I really should Boy, be on the wireless. Boy, somebody's got a lot of excuses. And I'm not. Hey, it's like stats. They're for losers. Keep going. Yeah, so um, you've got excuses. So who's, who do you who's have? the loser? Do you, I don't see it. Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo. Oh, I, uh, Vegas. Uh, Raiders. They're playing at home. They're going to demolish them. They they're, are. They're so mad right now. I am sorry. I flipped through this. Uh, it is. Uh, they're nine, nine point favorites. They're going to. If you're. But the Raiders won. Um, yeah, they barely beat New Orleans. Oh, is that what it was? It was. They were okay. They weren't bad. They weren't. It, it didn't blow me away. But I'm just saying, I'm glad Detroit. I'm happy for Detroit. Um, I hope they have a great season. But I don't think that game, that win over Kansas City, makes me go, "Oh, they beat the Chiefs." Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're they're awesome. They're one yeah. of the best teams in the league. It it to me it was more a referendum on the Chiefs and how badly they need Travis Kelsey to well, make that offense work right well, now without yeah. Tyreek Hill or anybody like well, that. Well, week run week. 
one is a tough week because not a lot of you know everybody hasn't played together that much you know, I think preseason and so it's kind of fun to, that's true you know it's just like yeah. who's gelling who's doing what yeah so well, many the, people they just the miami offense gelled you know two or three for like 460 yards tyree kill is basically uncoverable yeah but and, and I have to say, you know, they're not my favorite team. But when you put 40 points on somebody and then throw a shutout, you got You know what out. you got when like, you got – You got the Cowboys Oh, playing, the Cowboys right? and yeah, the Giants. Four yeah. Giants fans, man. Yeah, I mean – Or anybody who in fantasy football had Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley, me, or yeah. Darren Waller, me. <laughs> uh, it was not a good Not, <laughs> not a, good, a good day. Not a good outcome. Yeah, the New York New York City had a hard go, you know. The, uh, <laughs> well, they did. They, the Jets did the, win. The Jets won, but they lost Aaron Rodgers, which they're just. <laughs> I'm not laughing at Aaron Rodgers' demise. Interesting, uh, interesting enough, I saw this story, and I just shook my head. In Wisconsin, there is a bar that it's the uh, We Don't Like the Jets bar. So, <laughs> basically, is that. Why it, the Jets? Well, because Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets. So how it works. So did Brett Favre. So this is how it works. Uh, if the Jets lose, <laughs> they will pay your bar tab. What? Yeah. So the fans were going, the Packer fans were there last night. There's a video of it. It's pretty cool. And Aaron Rodgers goes down. All of a sudden, they're ordering the drinks like crazy. <laughs> well, oh, then, so it's a gamble. Yeah. So, so then after it was over with, and here's your bar tab, <laughs> for, but it goes for a number of weeks. So the so so the bar wins this week. I thought that was kind of, I mean, for whatever reason, Wisconsin uh, folks always have some kind of craziness. Doesn't like Wisconsin that. have the highest? Number of bars per capita. Oh yeah, well they state. have most colleges too. I mean, there's a college in every little town. Colleges and bars. Yep. Classic combination. There you go. Well, it's one way to say. I hear in already that. Um, <laughs> I hear already that uh, the Packers fans are upset that Aaron Rodgers' injury means that the Packers are only getting a second round yes, pick instead yes. of first. And I'm like, come on, come on dude, you yeah. got you got a second round pick for four plays. Right. That's free money, right? Yeah. There. Yeah. It's a, it's whatever you think about Aaron Rodgers. I didn't like to see it happen. No, I thought the season would be this season would be a lot more interesting if Aaron Rodgers was still in it. Wow, what about the TV schedule and all the Monday night? I think night there's going to be some flexing later Whoa. in the year. Well, but you also have to always remember it is New York City, so you have a large audience that you know captures it immediately anyway. So there's that. I can't see Zach Wilson keeping that together. Well, I know they're talking. I, w- I watched that press conference today. Uh, afterward, Robert that, Sala. Uh, yeah, all in. He's our guy. Yeah, it's his team. So, like, He's learned they, a lot. If he they, grew. If they bring in another quarterback, it won't be competition. This is Zach's He's, job. It's him. It's him. That's fine until he loses four games yeah. and looks horrible the entire sure. time. But I think they're going to be in games because they have a really. They good do have defense, a good defense. So. They didn't. I didn't think that Wilson looked all that good though. Mm-mm. No, but, uh, he's going to get his shot. But they really shut down Buffalo, so that was pretty impressive. That's why I say if you're in a suicide pool. How about a former Buccaneer getting three picks? I meant to talk about that. I got it written down right here. How about that? Jordan Whitehead. Really a nice guy. Yes, that's true. I'm (laughs) glad you said it because if I'd have forgotten, that is very, very true. He's a phenomenal guy. Do you know when it's funny, you do this and you see players and blah, 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 blah. But when we went up to New York, we saw him at practice and he came over. Gave us a hug. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
which is like, he's a good dude. Yeah, and all I said to him, I said, you look good in green. <laughs> and I, I meant that two ways. The money he got, <laughs> and he looked so good So he gave green. you a hug. Did he crush you? Because that is no, one muscular he, dude. No, he was really kind. But it was just really, it was like, it was one of those, it was a, it was a moment. I was like, oh, well, that was nice, you, you know. So the thing that I didn't know this. Because so I'm not really the huggable kind, so. I think this was in the broadcast, maybe, or I didn't hear it or whatever, but somebody told me today, and then somebody else confirmed it, that mm-hmm. Jordan White had had an incentive in his contract. Yeah, $250,000. To get three interceptions on the season. Uh-huh. <laughs> $250,000. Boom. I wonder what other incentives he's got in there. I hope there's escalators. Like, he gets yeah. that for three, but if he gets five, he gets this Yeah, many. yeah. That that is amazing. Start your season as a safety with three picks. If you can get like three more, you're probably in the Pro Bowl. Wow! And it, does that make Josh Allen look questionable? Mm. Yeah, he made some questionable decisions. And that was yeah, that was the biggest thing before. He said so. Yeah, Josh Allen said I lost this game. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I guess he's right. There, I don't think any one player. No one player and no one Except plays. for maybe Tyreek Hill on Thursday night. Oh. Not Tyreek Hill, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kadarius Tony. You're just not going to give him any rest, are you? Tyreek Hill is amazing. Do you think? Yes, I know. Do you think he's on the jugs machine all week long? Kadarius Tony? Yes. Or is he on the team? So, co- yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. He's too talented. To just, they traded like a. You just dogged him, and now you're saying he's too talented. I said he lost the game for them. I didn't say he's not talented. Well, that's you're kind of dogging him a little bit. Do you not think that Kad- Kadarius Tony deserves to get dogged a little bit for one of the worst games you've ever seen from a receiver? Mm-hmm. Dude scored a touchdown in the, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And is like electric with the ball in his hands if he can hold on to the ball. I mean, Patrick Mahomes gets gets credited with a pick six on a pass. And you see, I saw a good tweet where they had a still shot of the moment the pass arrives. And I don't think you could throw it more perfectly. Yeah. It's like right here it going into his hands. Mm-hmm. You're like, how Too could, easy. You're looking at that picture and then you know it's a pick six. And like, how is that possible? Too easy. So anyway, he had a couple other drops. Yeah. It was it was not a good day for Kadarius Tony, but I'm probably the eight millionth person to say that. All right. I'm good if you are. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, is week one's over with. Now we crank it up for week two, and we'll see it. what happens. Yeah, hey, on to the next. Nobody would have expected two and zero. Oh. Which get to two which and oh. was um, what are you talking? About? I'm just I had a train of thought and I lost did you have it. A senior moment there. Yeah, I did. All right, let's. Uh, All right, let's go get Christian. Yep. All right. Uh, okay, so stick with us. We're going to interview Christian Izian, and then after that, we'll come back and answer the fans' questions. Oh, hold on just for a second. I got a text here. Um, Christian Izian is, oh, geez, he's got, he has a concussion. So, Scott, I think we just go to the mailbag. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here one more time on the Salty Dogs podcast. So you know it's Scott and Jeff by this point. Um, we are now going to answer questions emailed in by fans. Good. Let's go. All right. The first one comes from Mike in Connecticut. Uh, he starts out with, how you like that, Kirk? You like that? I do. God, I stole his thunder. I'm sorry. When you did that, I was like, oh, man. Um, anyway, good teams finish games. So while the first half was a little a little sloppy on offense, I liked what I saw when the game was on the line. While you can't replace a goat overnight, Baker was bad ass when it counted. Oh, dad joke. He says I, I gave him, I helped him out there by pronouncing it the way he wanted me to oh. goat. 
Yeah. Badass. Badass. I got to be honest, when I read, I had to read that like three times to understand what the joke okay. was. The run on third down in the two minute drill was grown ass man stuff. This guy likes to use the word ass. Wow. Very it was grown so. ass man stuff. Grown ass man stuff. Yeah. I think this team has a lot of promise. And while it's only week one, that was a great win. Yeah. I really just wanted to comment on the game, but I'm wondering how Justin Jefferson didn't get called for that blindside hit on Christian Izian. I'm assuming he'll be getting a letter in the mail from the league, but can it not be a blindside hit because Izian had the ball? It seems like the kind of play they're trying to get out of the game. Also hope Levante is still alive after getting <laughs> plastered by Vita. When they showed the replay, I thought there was a good chance he wasn't getting up from that. Good to see him right back in the game, but I know he's going to be sore when he gets off the plane tonight. This was sent on Sunday. Yeah. Okay, so I agree with one part of this. It does seem like the kind of play they're trying to get out of the game. Correct. But... I asked at lunch at the table, and I think the consensus is that yes, it's because he had the ball. Yeah. So if you're running with the ball, you got to get you got to tackle the guy with the ball. Yeah, and that's just the angle that he was coming sure. from. He didn't really. You can't expect him to run around to the front of him. Yeah. So and as long as you don't horse collar him, collar right. him, you can tackle from you any can direction. Tackle any direction. As yeah. long as you don't horse collar. Right. So, so yeah, that's got to be. The I reason mean, why. I mean, wh- but I had the it, same reaction. Like, was, whoa! It was a vicious hit because he was blindsided, and he he kind of slowed up a little bit on a juke, and then he just gets smashed. You could say, is it is it isn't it kind of Christian's fault he got blindsided though? I mean, he didn't he didn't see the guy, right? Maybe, well, maybe he should have known that the guy was there. I bet you he keeps his head on a swivel now after a play like that. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Mike, that's what we think on that one. Yep. All right. This is from Mark in Mesa, Arizona. And if you remember last week, I asked him to write back and tell me if the the great Mexican joint there called Guedos mm-hmm. still existed. That's G-U-E-D-O-S, Guedos. Yep. So thanks, Mark, because he says, gentlemen, first off, Scott, I searched around Mesa for Guedos. And I'm only finding references to a restaurant that closed sometime back. So that's uh, a shame. But I'm yeah. sure they had a good run. I sure. mean, I'm literally talking like 25 years ago. Right. I used to visit my dad there. When the, I was, the fact that he was trying to find it, he was thinking, oh, I'm going to get a great Mexican view. Scott Smith tells I'm me. I'm telling you, if that it. place was still there, I uh, highly you, recommend it. It was there. awesome. But there's a lot, yeah. there's a lot of good Mexican. As he says, fortunately, you can't throw a rock around here without hitting an excellent Mexican spot. So we're still pretty well covered in that department, and that is very true. But I don't yeah. think you should be throwing rocks at those places. Yeah, no. I don't think they would appreciate mm, it. Not good. Uh, and, uh, uh, let's see. If, I don't know if Mark will ever write in again, but this isn't in Mesa, I don't think, unless they have a location there. Uh, another place I really like down there is Los Dos Molinos, mm. which I think maybe means the two butterflies. I have no idea. No, that's not butterfly. I don't remember what Molino stands for. But anyway, it's known for very hot spicy hot food. oh see i like that they've got a couple locations but i don't think either one's in mesa i'm all about the we went the there spiciness. last time we went as yeah. a team i took some some friends nice out. okay he says my question is pretty is a pretty simple one all right can either of you guys do a rick flair impression because after that win i just needed to hear a woo Ooh, okay no. i'm gonna tell you i can't i'm I, terrible I, at I can't i can't get my voice that high i just can't do impressions yeah i, I can't go woo. the other problem for me is yeah. I barely know who Ric Flair is because I have never cared about – it's a wrestler, right? Yeah. Is he alive? Uh, yeah. He's he's in Tampa. Is he one of the guys that, like – He was big time. Shills for beef jerky? Or um, he Yeah, he's doing. he's been doing some commercials lately. That's why he's back in. I don't know anything about wrestling. Can I tell you a crazy story? Yeah. Okay. When I was working at a radio station, they needed a um, MC for a wrestling match that was here in town. So I said, okay, I'll do it. 
So I go, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the ring announcer. Really? Yeah, I'm the ring announcer. And you the let's get ready to rumble guy? Well, no, they didn't have that. It wasn't that big yet. But I was the guy, you know, it was Ric Flair, it was the militia. I it was um uh Hulk Hogan. Uh Hulk wasn't there. There was another guy, um uh, Macho Man Savage. That's the guy who does the beef jerky commercials. No, he's dead. Macho he Man. He used to do the yeah. beef jerky yeah. commercials. So, anyways, I do it and you know, and it was it's it's a little intimidating. I would think Bec- so. and you you know, because you're you're not really part of the act, but they like to push you around a little bit. So, anyways, <laughs> That's we we do. I do this right. Get done. They pay me. I leave. A couple weeks later, get a call. They said, "Hey, we really liked what you did. We really, <laughs> really did. We're going to be doing some shows down in Fort Myers. This and that. We would love for you to do this." I said, ah, "I'm not so sure. Let me get back with you." So I thought about it, and I was like, "Come on, man. You know you're." You're, you're on the radio right now doing country music, wrestling, really? Come on. What am I going to do there, right? As it turns out, it ended up Turner Broadcasting and the like WWE. That's what it grew into. <laughs> that was my so side. you could have been I the let's get ready to rumble guy. I could have been. Well, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been Michael Buffer, but I would have been those guys and I would not be sitting here right now. I would be long retired. Uh, Rick, Rick Flair or talking with yeah. Lee Scott Smith. What's, what's better? Well, come on. I, I mean, I got two Super Bowl rings. I would have yeah, had a championship true. belt, right? Maybe, you know, so, but that, you know how you, ha- you know, you have a fork in the road in your yeah, career. Sliding doors. Yeah. <laughs> sliding doors. I'm, I, that kind of got off track there. I'm sorry. I don't, that was a good story. I'm glad you told it. Um, so, no, I can't do uh, woo. That's the best. Is that what it close to? Yeah, that's what he like. does. Yeah. I wouldn't. I I wonder if this question was prompted by the video of, and I was actually in the locker room when, oh. when Todd Bulls's pregame postgame oh. speech was very brief. Yeah, he's like, I got one, and and here's the thing. Postgame locker room speeches and whatever happens in there before the media comes in is for the team, and so I choose not to share those things that's, that I see as you unless. Should. As in this case, we publish. We put a video up on the yeah. website. Yeah, you know, there was and also you, there was also a network camera in there. Yeah, and if you haven't seen it, you need to. So basically, Todd goes, "There's one something like there's one word for a win like this," and then he just screams, "Yeah, yeah!" And everybody laughed at Well, because it's off. Todd. That's you know, it, it's you know what he said at the podium the other day or yesterday. He's somebody asked him a question about how even keeled he is. Oh. And, and and I think they were referring to what we were just talking about that. And he's like, I don't know if I'd describe myself as even keel. I mean, you guys say yeah, that. Yeah, right. I mean, he does seem that way, but he doesn't necessarily view he, himself that way. I'm, I'll just say this. He is a very funny man. Oh, yeah. We've he said has, that before. He has a great sense of humor. Yep. But it's hard to have a sense of humor when you're a head coach because when things are going well, you can have a sense of humor. If you have a sense of humor and things aren't going so well, then you're like, it, it doesn't becomes, look good yeah. if you're at the podium. Yeah, you can't win. You can still do it when you're not in front of the media. That's true. You should. You, you don't have to be. Just because yeah. the season isn't going well doesn't mean you have to walk around with your head down all day. No. No, it's. Which is a thing that we've talked about before where, where people get upset if like a player's laughing on a plane when flying right. home. Yeah, if everybody's having a party. After a loss, that's not great. But, I mean, somebody might tell you a good joke and you don't have to not laugh at it right. because you just lost a game. Right. Anyway, that's from Mark. All right. Oh, that's you. You're buzzing. Um, spam. Oh, great. Hate that. Uh, he says, what a way to open the season. Thanks, as always, for doing what you guys do. Go Bucks. Yeah. All right. This Thank one's you. from Kent. Kent. 
Good morning, Jeff and Ryan, which okay. <laughs> he said, it's a typo, obviously, but that's literally what this says. Good mo- First what? of all, good morning. Well, well, I guess it was morning when he sent it. Holy cow. The, the letter is to me. <laughs> Jeff and Ryan. Okay. He really doesn't want, want to hear from me at all. Go. He sent this at 5.17 a.m., but he, uh-huh. I don't know where he's from. So sure. Been... Anywhere. Anyway, he did say good morning. Long-time listener, every show. Wow. There's been a lot of them. I appreciate you. Thanks very much. He's my fan. Kent and Kent. Long-time listener and even saltier dog. Ah. There were a lot of firsts, in quote marks. Rookies, first TD catch, run, mm-hmm. uh, first sack. Yeah. No. No. Who got? No. Nobody had a first sack. Uh, we had a first TD. We had a first interception. And uh, we had a lot of guys play for the first time. Cody Malk, Malk as an example. It was good to see him play. It was good to see him. I play. walked. I walked to the bus with him to the stadium. His uh, back was feeling or, okay. Yeah, and this is this was seven o'clock in the morning, uh, Central Time. Um, yeah, I was surprised. But we this... were we were discussing back problems. Oh yeah, because you've had that. Yeah, yeah. So you could commiserate. Yep. Um, yours were worse than his, if I remember. Yes, his. It was just like it was just bad. Yeah, he said he goes. I don't even know what I did. And I go. That's the thing with backs. Yeah. And then mentally, I thought, geez, and he's playing football. How's that? But he played well. He did well. Back. From what I understand, because I've been fortunate mm. to never have back you problems. You never want one. It, it it affects every single thing you do, right? Yes, it is. Um, for people who have never had it, you're very blessed. And those of us who have, you know, when if I see someone with a back problem, they have my full sympathy yeah. because, yeah. Well, there was a one time I couldn't put my socks on. I'd have yeah. to lay on the floor to put my socks oh my on. Goodness. Yeah, craziness. But anyways, uh, what's, his, what's his question? His question's good. Okay. He goes, and I was wondering if there's a buck first that stands out with you. Now, I don't know if he means like the same thing, like something that was great in week one, or mm. maybe he means like the first time something happened. There's a lot of good answers. I got two. Okay. Uh, Punt return by Vernon Turner. Vernon Turner in 1994 against Detroit. Yep. First one ever in franchise history. Yep. And and whenever I hear Vernon Turner, I always think of what Sam Weiss said, and it and it cracks me up. He said, "If he had a, if this is Sam, quoting, I'm quoting Sam right now. I get it. If I had a body like Vernon Turner, I would walk around naked all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I've always remembered that." That that was a great one. I I enjoyed that. I have another one. Do you? Yeah, go right in. Uh, Michael Spurlock, run, Michael, run, Michael. Yeah, that's run. right in our intro, isn't it? Yes, yes, because that was the first time in Buccaneer history. And two thousand nine. Yeah. So how many years would it have been? For uh, thirty, what? I would have been what thirty thirty three three years for the first time. <laughs> first yeah. kickoff return. Yeah. Touchdown. So that was no, yeah. First kickoff return yeah. touchdown. Run, those, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Those, run. Th- those were the two. Those are my two. Okay, so you took it as firsts. Yeah, not, not week one. When I first read this question, my interpretation was something big that happened in week one to a new player, and so I had three right off the top of my head. Uh, obviously, Cadillac Williams. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. I I see what he's saying. Uh, rookie. I don't know. You, you might have game. interpreted it right. But that, no, but that's good. I like that. Yeah. 2005, yeah. which was also, also in Minnesota. Yes, yeah, so I was just going to say. He, he finished off a 100-yard game with like a 70-yard touchdown run mm-hmm. that sealed the win. Yep. Um, our, our friend and colleague here on staff at the Buccaneers, Alex Smith, mm-hmm. in that same game, yeah. caught two touchdown passes. Wow. His first, first game. First game. He was a rookie. And then Santana Dotson in 1992 oh, who, had two sacks in his first game. Yep, and he ended up uh, ten. 
we ended up letting him go to Green Bay. Yeah, well, I mean, he played four years and became yep. a free agent. Yeah. It was the very early years of free agency. Sure. And he won that championship with he, them. He did. Uh, he had 10 sacks that year. It's still a Bucks rookie record, but he had five of them in the first three weeks of the season. Yeah. And then and then I started thinking maybe he means like the way you thought it, just a first. Sure. And one that pops up for me um, is Chris Godwin's first touchdown catch. Chris Godwin literally scored his first touchdown in 2017 on the Buccaneers' very last offensive play of the entire season. 2017. Huh? Yeah. If you had, if we had 1,100 plays on offense that year, he scored his first NFL <laughs> touchdown on play number 1,100. <laughs> it was. I'll, I'll remind you what it was. New Orleans. It was here. Mm-hmm. It was a close game. We were um, down by. Th- it might have been tied. You're either down by three or it was tied. Right. And we, had, I think we were down, and uh, we had the ball maybe 40 yards from the end zone. And the play was called, the primary read for Jameis Winston was Cam Brate on an out where he would catch the ball, get a, get enough yards to make a manageable field goal and run out of bounds because we were out of timeouts. Oh. But James, and Chris Godwin lined up on the same side and ran a go route, which was essentially just a clear out route to get the safety out of there mm-hmm. and to make it easier to complete the out. Uh, but Jameis decided to go YOLO ball and threw it to, to Godwin who made a, a catch like inside the five and he had a defender on him and he was That's, able to stumble into the end zone. And the reason Not why, stumble, he fought the, into the end zone. Now, the reason why that sticks in your mind because it was just the last play offensive play of the year and because of numbers that's why you And it was Chris it. it was the beginning of Chris Godwin's rookie season was fine. Sure. He had like maybe 35 yards and 35 catches of 500 yards something like that. It was right. fine, which is which is good because he was a third rounder. So yeah. you're like, yeah, this is good. In year two, his career took off and has never slowed down. Okay. But that was the first touchdown of Chris Godwin's what has turned out to be just an excellent career. Wow. And that one sticks with me. Amazing. Another first. I also remember my very first game because we beat Phoenix yeah. 23-7 I, in I, 1992. I, I remember my first game, but it was a preseason game. I remember oh, I wasn't I, counting I, that yet. I, I remember that. It was at Old Municipal Stadium in Cleveland. Ugh. Yeah. Um. And that was a very, you know, it was a very, very weird schedule. In 1991, it was home away, home away, home away, home the away. The entire way? Yes. That's rare. Very weird. Very weird. I wonder if that's the only time it's ever happened. I don't know. I Better, look, you might check that because, you know, my memory's up. not always so good. <laughs> you know? I was talking to, um, ah, never mind. I'm not going to tell that story. What? That's not a big deal. Well, what? All right. So Share. I was talking with Jason Light today. Oh, he's dropping the I GM's know. name. Yeah, well, me and Jason were Flex. talking. Uh, Flex. Well, you're going to laugh when I tell you what he said. Okay. He was doing an interview. Was it with you? Was it with the radio? He may have been. On and somebody s- asked him, um, damn, what was it? Oh, have we ever had this young of a team before? Oh, yes. He, uh, Gene asked him, "Have you have all these rookies. Have you ever had this young of a team? And his reply was, that's a really good question. We have to ask Scott Smith. <laughs> I'll finish the story for you. That's exactly I, right. And I feel bad because I, there is something I wanted to tell you, and that's it. Will you please look that up and let us know? I know. That's why I said I was like, okay, yeah. he says that's like, well, now I just got an assignment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got to look that up now. Yeah. But he, it, yeah, because uh, it, it was funny. Because afterwards, when, when we went to break, he walked, he came by me and I and he goes that was really a good question I go I'll I'll, I'll get to Scott so good so stuff. so when obviously if you listen to this podcast long enough you know that I throw out a lot of stats oh you love numbers and I do I for various things that I have to write and talk about on videos I sure. do a lot of research 
And I have, I, I have certain resources that I go to, to mm-hmm. find these things out. And when you're, when you're given something to look up, the first thing you do is you have to sit there and think for a second, like, okay, how am I going to look this up? Mm. I, okay. Well, I could, okay. I'm going to use that resource and I'll do it that way. And that's how I'm going to figure this out. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure how I'm going to figure this one out. I don't know. If the how... question is the youngest, I guess, opening day roster for the Buccaneers. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. I'm going to try. I know. How would you do that? I'm not sure. I mean, I thought it was interesting that um, uh, Todd was talking about that we're the youngest team and we're more like a college team. And what, what? he meant by that was not on skill of football, but younger mentality. You know, that in, that okay. youthful enthusiasm. Well, that's a good thing um, to have. Which is, you know, you, you want them to have football smarts, but you don't want them to lose that youthfulness. So that's kind of that's kind of interesting. But. So it's an energized team. Yeah, very much so. All right, one All more. Right. All right. This is from our friend in Brazil, Alexander. Oh, good. That's a good way to wrap up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. I like long, it. Since, since it feels like since day one. Long-time listener, long-time writer-inner. Ahoy, salty ones. Mm. Hope this finds you both well. It does, right? It finds yeah. me well. It has found me, and I am well. I just realized the pirate ship sank the Viking ship. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> Don't ask me why that just popped into my yeah. head. Because they have a ship, too. Piratical. Oh, look at you. They, you could be in marketing. They didn't have the, the motorcycle guy anymore, do they? No, I had heard he was arrested sometime oh, back. And then, so they eliminated him. He's not a bank him. robber like I the, don't the know. Chiefs fan, right? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my. We were talking about that in the booth. They were talking about Dave was funny because Dave goes, Dave goes, yeah, when I was a player at the Metrodome, it started out with a guy on a snowmobile. And they got rid of the snowmobile and put him on a Harley, which made it even noisier. But, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I heard Captain Fear got pinched for stealing kids' lunch money. Really? No. Oh. (laughs) I was just going with the theme there. Okay, go ahead. Mascots are super fans yeah. committing crimes. <laughs> if Captain Fear had gotten arrested for stealing kids' lunches, lunch money, do you think I would bring it up on this podcast? Not when you said it. I was like, what are you doing? I can't believe I got you with that one. All right. Hey, it's, it's late in the day, okay? It's late in this podcast. It is very. To wrap up. I know. Go ahead. Finish Alexander's okay, he said, question. Is this the most noisy stadium you've, you've been? Not talking about crowd noise, but noise for you to work with. Well, that, mm. that's kind of the same thing, right? Well, no, I understand what he's saying. Is it's noisy in they play a lot of music, they do a lot of stuff. Okay, there's they sure a lot do. of there's there. Uh, I will say the fans uh, are very very much into it. They're almost it's, they, it's pretty awesome. It must be there must be a rule if you're going to a Viking game, you got to wear a Viking game jersey oh, that's, because there's like the, so much of it but i will say the this. same way about indianapolis by the way yeah but i will say this green bay's the same way green bay that's formal attire um <laughs> <laughs> shots fired <laughs> i have a friend that lives in nina which is a suburb of appleton nina? so yeah oh, well we've been to appleton yeah. many times so i always like to tease him about that but anyways uh a lot of red was in there was a decent in, amount, yeah, yeah. I mean, not a ton. It's but, hard to see in that. Well, when you're all purple and then you see a few reds, pops, it, right? yeah, pops. So, but the fans are very involved, and it's not just cheering; it's just in all their activities. So, I was listening to TJ Reeves on Nothing But Bucks, and he said his oh. ears were still buzzing Monday morning. I agree. Since you did, thanks for reading 
Alexander Nesimito from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Well, isn't that nice? He listens to our podcast. He listens to Nothing But Bucks, which is in a podcast that's immediate uh, on Mondays, which is a game recap, interviews, highlights, I think observations, an interview with Martin Gramatica this week. I think the reason we get so many, or what seems like a high percentage of listeners, at least the ones that choose to reach out, are from other states or even other countries well. is... It, it's harder to follow the team on a daily basis. Yeah. So listening sure. to this or listening to that other podcast or whatever, that, it's called, that helps them out. It's one-stop shopping, bucks.com. But I hope they like it. I do, too. Um, yes, I, I feel like that's the loudest. I mean, I can't quite – it was 2019 the last time we were in Seattle, which – and, of for, course, Kansas City is very loud as for well. For outdoor stadiums, Seattle and Arrowhead are – Probably are, have it, right? Yeah, they're but pretty – I don't know. This was nuts. Now, now the, they, the skull chant – Irritates me to no end. No, it doesn't irritate me. Yeah, it does. That one doesn't bother me. That almost as bad as Go Pack Go. That one's annoying. Yeah. So I don't mind the skull chant. Doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I think it's I, the banging I, of I the drum. I'd, I think I'd really like that more than the horn. If I was a Viking. So, yeah. Oh, that's you said it perfectly. If you if you were a Viking fan, you like that tradition, and that is it's very cool. It's a heritage club. I mean, I you think know. I like it better. Trying to put myself in the shoes of, of the fans of other teams, I think I like that better than like Go Pack Go. Yeah, or J E T S Jets Jets. Yes. Yeah, but if you're a Jets fan, you think that's the best thing ever. I know. And I'm just if saying you're a Packer fan, yeah, I, I'm I'm taking myself out of disliking these teams. And okay. Say, okay. If I was inherited, if I was adopted into one of these fan bases, I don't find school particularly irritating okay i think that's pretty cool yeah but anyway. so's j-e-t-s jets 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 <sighs> i don't know really it is it was around before anything really got started with fan participation fireman ed started oh, it many many years ago uh, don't talk to me it's... about super fans man no no so you didn't like the hogs in washington i didn't dislike them but okay. i don't care all right just checking uh, the fans there's so many fans out there that are great, great, great fans, mm-hmm. you know. And they live peacefully, some of them, quietly. Some of them are super fans. Yeah. That's fine. They enjoy doing that. That's great for them. It's just not entertaining to me. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Kind of scares me personally, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's All the right. last one. Very um, good. Uh, yeah, I think that that seemed like the loudest. That was insanely loud. It was. I could. And the press box is open, mm-hmm. open air, because mm-hmm. it's a dome. Right. And so I had... Um, Andrew from PR sitting on one side of me and Bree, Brianna Dix, the other writer on the other side of me. And when they were screaming like that and they would try to talk to me, I'm like, I can't hear you. I, I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait for this to stop because I cannot hear you. It was, I will say this. We went down to the field for uh, field conditions and it was so loud. I'm not sure. We actually heard TJ. <laughs> I have to go back to the tape. Now, the producer may have been saying to me, I can't hear him because I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> but I could faintly hear TJ. So I'm thinking, okay, it's worse than in my headsets. It's always worse because I have, first of all, my mic picks it up. But Uh-oh. I'm picking it up off of his mic. Plus, okay. I'm picking it up off the parabolics. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. But it, it, I will say this, though. When you win... No headache whatsoever. And again, no false starts for nope. Buccaneers. Yay. Pretty impressive. All, All right, right, Jeff. Appreciate it. Same. And thanks for those questions. And Yep. And since you did, thanks for listening.